Yeah, What's the name of the podcast? Donkey Votes. Well, I won't say that, but I'll just say, hello, uh, this is Andy Kelly here. I'm just talking to Brian Clear, and I want to say hello to all his listeners, and I hope you enjoy his podcast. Hello, James. Hey, hey, man. What's the story? I you know. Back, uh, back post-Christmas, donkey votes, that type of thing. Yeah, new year, new donkey votes. Exactly. 2018, who would have thought? How long have we been going now? Four years, maybe? Jesus. On three. and off, on and off. We've had a rock, we've had a rocky relationship for three or four <laughs> years. Yeah, but uh, still, still standing, you know, like the song. Yeah, well, let's give 2018 a good stab then, eh? All right, rattle. Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, do you have a good Christmas? Good 2017. End to 2017. I think, I think I did. I think it was very good. I think the whole thing went well. Where were you? Florida. Uh, I was in the United States. Yeah, it was uh, nice weather. Nice food, people are more or less nice, that type of thing, you know? <laughs> more or less nice. Yeah, yeah. Were you in a kind of retirement home area? Um, yes. Uh, speaking frankly, yes, I was. I wasn't I wasn't in a cool area, it was a retirement area. I, I, I did go to Miami, which was cool. And I went down to Key West, which is right down the south, you know, near Cuba, 90 miles or so. That cool. was nice. Yeah. But uh, mostly I was in a retirement area. But still. You know, uh, if you ever look at Kia West, that's the strip of land that just goes out into the sea for miles and miles, isn't it? That's exactly the one. It's yeah. actually, if you go onto Google Maps and like zoom in and zoom in, it's incredible that whole strip of like roadway that is just running out to the sea. And it's like, yeah, it's a series of bridges, right? It's like yeah. loads, loads of bridges. But, yeah. Uh, very susceptible to hurricanes, to climate change, if you believe in that type of thing. Yeah, perhaps a silly place to live. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm back in Chicago. Uh, it's a chilly minus 16 degrees Celsius at, outside at the moment. And you were in Montreal for the latter part of the Yeah, as you know, as you attended, I had uh, Helen and I had our wedding there in December. Superb wedding. Superb. Yeah. And we're closed. And we're closing in on when Helen came over, moved over to Chicago. She took off. Sorry, she left Dublin and Obama was president. And when she yeah. landed, Trump was president. It was like the day they got inaugurated. And uh, wow. so that's coming up on an anniversary. So we nearly have a full year of Trump in office. I think the 22nd of January will be the date, if I remember correctly, from when Helen arrived here. So... What's the you know, story? Brian, He's in the news before every day. We move on to that, before we move on to that, I should just say, actually, the last time I left Chicago, uh, Obama was the president. When I landed in Dublin, he was still president, but Trump was president-elect. It happened uh, overnight when I was flying. So, uh, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, yes, I remember that, yeah. But anyway, yes, let's get to the, let's get to the, the, the Trumpman. Anyway, I, I feel that kind of talking about him is kind of cliched. And even, I don't know if you've been to any comedy stand-up shows or whatever. It, it just seems like tiresome even when a comedian mentions, starts a joke about him or whatever. But unfortunately, we can't deny that we have to talk about him. And yep. I, I don't, I can't, you can't really sort of, I, I find it hard to identify whether a given week, the reason why he's in the news, is that actually big news or it's just more of the same. But... There is a book coming out by a certain Michael Wolff called Fire and Fury, which yep. I understand uh, he doc he lived in the White House for, what, the first 
180 days or so, was it? Or how long? Yeah, he well, he didn't live there, but he was there, like, I think... Yeah, sorry, not living there, yeah. Day ...during the working week and was with members of staff and so on for the first... Uh, pretty much the first year, he says, at least. Yeah, and as I understand, he basically kind of asked for permission and Trump didn't say no, but he didn't necessarily say yeah, but so everybody just left this guy, Michael Wolf to saunter around and give him a free pass at the White House and the West Wing and uh, it's probably about to backfire now so what's the lowdown on this book? Well I mean some of the stuff is it's (laughs) it's it's pretty salacious you know it's hard to say that you could because Trump is such an outrageous character it's believable some of the stuff I would have a hard time believing a lot of it, quite frankly. Um, it goes back, it says all kinds of stuff about how Trump used to try and seduce people's wives by like bringing in um, <clears throat> their husbands into his office and like having the wife on the phone like surreptitiously and then asking the husband, oh, you must have had women other than your wife and all this stuff. Some of it is it's so salacious, like it's just it seems at least an obvious attempt to sell a book at the same time you can is that in the book from, uh it's in it i think it's in a book it's actually i'll be honest i was sent so many things on whatsapp and actually sean keys if he's listening sent me a completely bullshit thing about uh, the gorillas about the gorillas yeah 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 uh absolute nonsense about trump wanting the gorilla channel and his staff editing a gorilla channel which is absolute bullshit but this this other thing is in a book actually um I'm not sure if it's this book or another book, so I have to hold my hands up to that. But it is something which is widely circulated about him. Uh, I'm not sure that that I believe it. I, I don't, in fact. Um, but a lot of the stuff, like Trump is, for instance, the thing about Trump not believing he would win. I do believe that. Because I remember in the, in the weeks leading up to the election, he was talking about the whole thing being rigged and it being a fix and all this stuff. And... Get out of claws, kind of. Exactly. And then, and then he won anyway, right? So if, if he did believe he was going to win, it was kind of a strange way to behave. So I do believe that. I believe aspects of it. He, he clearly is and does have childish um, characteristics. But this guy has done an absolute hatchet job. Um, if here, Here's what I think, and I know it's not a probably a popular view, but if you were like you, Brian, for instance, right? If you, if you don't... You don't consume a lot of news. I know over there you don't you don't watch TV, right? You don't like uh, you don't watch cable news. You're not that interested in it because you want to keep your head free of that stuff. And and by the way, I think that's the way to do it. But um, if you so say you didn't consume any news, say you you didn't go on Twitter, you you weren't a TV watcher, you just read books, you went to work, you came home. I would say that your life, and you aren't like you're a middle class person, I would say your life has not changed at all. And then now come May, you get a tax cut. So like, as far as you're concerned, okay, there may, there's an awful lot of noise out there. Ridiculous amount of noise. And a lot of it is Trump trying to control the noise by tweeting. But your life ultimately hasn't changed that much. And financially you may be better off so you might think to yourself this is working out fine for me 
<laughs> no, despite I know it sounds like like the book. Uh, how much is the tax cut? Do you know? I I wasn't even aware of it. That shows how much I. I so I know what what I what I understand. So my understanding is that middle class people do get a tax cut, right? People say, and, and I know because the top echelon of taxpayers they pay more tax proportionally their tax cut is higher logically <clears throat> but it, it does represent a tax cut for everybody because it costs like 4.5 billion it's a massively expensive tax cut right so it's very very expensive so these people will get will find that they have less they have more money at the end of every month now i don't know how much frankly because it'll depend on your level of income uh but my understanding is that it will benefit uh all of the middle class proportionally more of the upper class but that's obvious because they pay more tax okay but so anyway well we're back to the book then so i've heard the author say that he believes and maybe this is just hype again in trying to boost book sales ahead of its release on wednesday i think uh, no they like- actually so they were going to release it wednesday but trump's lawyers um had a, like a cease and desist thing and so they released it actually yesterday um to make sure that that they just didn't get hamstrung by that so so yeah it came out yesterday and but it's sold still- out sold out already on amazon i think you can get it on kindle and stuff like that so so yes it actually they, they brought it forward by four or five days yeah so this guy michael wolf is gonna is saying that he's um that the book is gonna actually take take down the presidency what do you think about that? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, uh, pe- people have been saying that Trump is going to be impeached, that he won't. So there, there are two ways of, of taking down a presidency. One is that he's impeached. There's not enough support for that in, in Congress. So that's not going to happen. There's a second way where his cabinet can deem him unfit for office. Um, on the grounds of, well, they can, they don't really have to have that many grounds. They can just decide by a majority. That's the more likely way. And actually, that's what Bannon used to say to him, that he needed to be very, very careful who he picked in his cabinet because they were the ones that could ultimately bring him down. Um, I don't think it's going to bring him down. Uh, I don't think there's all that much in this. We knew he was pretty unorthodox, to put it, in a kind way we knew he was going to do things differently but i mean some of the stuff like for instance i was watching a uh, news night last night on bbc i know a very exciting life i have on a friday night but <laughs> the woman said they had a guy on who used to work in the white house and she said to him the book says uh, that you that trump will not allow anyone touch his toothpaste or won't al-. And, and your man in fairness to him was like are you serious asking me whether the president doesn't want anyone to touch his toothpaste. Is that a serious question? Is this, is this a serious program? And he goes, Emily Maitlis is the woman on BBC. He goes, Emily, do you floss? Is that an important question? And actually, I tended to agree with him. Like, that kind of stuff is just, it's, it's total gossip. And what, what we should probably remember in all of this is the media is struggling everywhere. So they have to, they've almost become part of the entertainment business, whether they like it or not. And this is part of it. So I, I don't know that they are going to hype everything up. And obviously Wolf is going to hype everything up. He's going to make millions off this book. I don't think it's going to take down the Trump presidency. I think what it does do is it weakens his chance of re-election because it makes him look so stupid. 
and it makes them it makes people suspect that it may be a farce and this kind of really strengthens that view but the idea that it's gonna hasten the end of his presidency i don't really buy it i don't know how do you feel there i mean do you, do you you're still you still don't you're still not watching the cable tv i guess are you uh well yeah no we don't have cable we've we've cut yeah, the cable right. we're just on the internet but um i suppose like i get my media through different mediums so you know i'm probably seeing any kind of noteworthy um reports on like twitter or facebook or whatever but um yeah. i'm not just inundated like we'd never like stick the tv on in the background and just have cnn or sorry cnn or fox news or whatever running mm. so my kind of opinion is that i just feel that if this book had come out and nothing had preceded it then there might have been a chance or there could be a chance that any revelations in the book could you know force him to resign um but i think we're just in an era where that and uh, did you say this before that he pretty much said like he could go out and shoot someone in the street and probably nothing would happen to him um, yeah, yeah yeah and that that is the case now because it's just yeah. he's built up an immunity um because everybody knows it's bizarre and i think people are thinking are sick of talking about it like uh, he never comes up in work anymore uh in the workplace and it's probably not the done thing to talk about it but certainly in the run-up to it there was a lot more conversation around him on the water cooler now it just doesn't even factor into the to uh, conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, people, this, the, the 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 saturation point of Trump is what has been reached and reached again. It's like people can't get enough of it, and I think that's why he was elected in the first place because he was so. He is good TV, whether we like it or not, mm. and people love talking about him. The networks, like I was there over Christmas, I watched a lot of both CNN and Fox, and it was just ridiculous the amount of coverage he gets. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see this as making a huge change. It's just, it's just kicked a bit more publicity onto him, uh, uh, more negative than he would like. But I think he'll survive it. He's yeah. Still got a, he still got a face. Yeah, I, like I will say that you know you're asking me about do I consume kind of that mainstream media like the sort of boyer and me will actually go and seek out his Twitter handle and see what he said you know every couple of days just to hear from the yeah. horse's mouth but I saw one this uh, his tweets this morning and it's hard to it's hard to even understand whether it's new news or it's news because you'll see an article every day about like whatever he's tweeted that morning and it's kind of and they try to sensationalize and to I don't know, kind of suck you in as if what he said this morning is different. But this morning it did seem a little bit unusual that he was, um, he put out a number of tweets, but he was basically uh, trying to, I suppose, substantiate his um, mental stability. So I, I think he said, uh, he said, the fake news mainstream media are taking out their old, Ron old Ronald Reagan playbook and screaming mental stability and intelligence. Actually, throughout my life, my two greatest assets have been mental stability and being, like, really smart. Mm -hmm. uh, I went from being a successful businessman to top TV star to president of the United States on my first try. I think that would qualify as not smart, but genius, and a very stable genius at that. And then, I don't know if you heard just before Christmas as well, there was another clip going around of him where he seemed to be slurring his speech. 
uh, in uh, an address that he was doing. Did, did you catch the soundbite? No, I didn't see that, no. Let us rethink old assumptions and open our hearts and minds to possible and possibilities. Thank you. God bless you. God bless Israel. God bless the Palestinians. And God bless the United States. Thank you very much. Anyway, after that uh, segment, he, I think people were calling into question his his health and that they said that he was having a stroke or a mild stroke or whatever. And they announced pre-Christmas, and I don't know whether it's going to that he'll have his whatever it is, quarterly checkup and they were going to release his full medical records in January 2018, so this month at some stage, which they've never done before for a president, just to kind yeah. of prove that he is in uh, a fit state. But um, yeah, I don't know, it is interesting that side of things, like, you know, about whether this whole stress and strain and constant attacking of him has just a, like a really phys- physiological effect. Yeah. It makes sense because, you know, we, we, we talked about Greece a lot last year. And um, the Greek Prime Minister, Tsipras, used to panic attacks regularly. The rumor had it. Um, yeah, we spoke and, about that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be quite normal, right, for, for, for uh, the leader of, you know, he was the leader of Greece. Trump, in theory, is the leader of the free world. Um, the thing about Trump is you don't get the impression he cares all that much. But the, the rumors are so ridiculous. Like one of the, they said that he put on like four stones since entering office. I mean, you could see if he put on four stone, which is, I think there's 14 pounds in a stone. I can't remember, but that's a lot of weight. Like, I think, <laughs> I think we'd see it. And then the, and then the other, the other. Well, sorry, to that, to that, apparently, so someone had reported that he drinks 12 cans of Diet Coke every day. Did yeah. you hear that as well? well right, maybe that's, not... that's contributing to that weight. But sorry, go on. What were you going to say? Our, our, our McDonald's order is two Big Mac, two fish fillet, and a chocolate milkshake. <laughs> that's the that's another that's the rumor. And then the, the the other thing, which is that that isn't necessarily. I don't think that's in the book. I heard that before. But what's it, what is in the book is that he goes to bed at six thirty with a cheeseburger. Six thirty p.m. with a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is famous for not sleeping. Like. He doesn't sleep. He sleeps like two or three hours or four hours a night. But what what do you mean he goes to bed at 6.30 then? So in the book, the guy, Wolf, claims that Trump goes to bed at 6.30, locks himself in a room and has a couple of cheeseburgers and watches the news and go to sleep. Um, it's it's just one of the many salacious things as part of the book. Well, and I, I'm not so credible. And you're well? I'm not sure it's credible. I don't really believe it. Yeah anyway listen had enough for him we'll just keep an eye on that but looking ahead to the year what can we expect on the, the other side of the Atlantic over your side Jimmy yeah look there's plenty happening I mean the Euro zone is growing for once uh, for once certainly for the first time since we've been doing this podcast for the first time really since 2008 there are a few things sticking out which can cause some problems and the first one, we've talked about this before, but not since things really kicked off there, was in Spain and specifically in Catalonia, where they had a referendum, which didn't have real big turnout. But those that did turn out voted overwhelmingly in favor of um, Catalonia separating from Spain. 
and <clears throat> the Spanish government ultimately used something in the Spanish constitution, Article 155, to take control of the province and call an election. And the election happened on the 21st of December. And what happened was that separatist parties basically formed a majority. Now, the, the party that came first was called Curadanas, which is Spanish for citizens. And they are pro-remaining in Spain. But the separatist parties between them uh, control 70 seats of the parliament and the 68 required for majority. So they have a two-seat majority. So it's very, very difficult to see what's going to happen now, especially because three of the MPs who are separatists who want to leave are in prison and five, including the president, uh, Puigdemont, are in exile in Brussels. So it's going to be very, very tricky to see how they, uh, how the Spanish government reacts if they're going to count that, if they're going to basically keep the three MPs in jail and the five in Brussels, which means the separatists don't have a majority, which I suspect is probably an easy way for them to solve this, just by leaving them out. It's kind of, they'll be criticised for being anti-democratic, but as far as they're concerned, those people broke the law. So it's a real, um, it's a real hot situation in Spain. And uh, we have uh, no idea how it's going to play out, how they're, how they're thinking about it. So it's one of those big things uh, in the first, basically all of this year, we're going to see uh, prop up now again and again. And there's some rumor, by the way, that uh, in Messi's contract, they have like an escape clause in case Barcelona become in an independent Catalonia and are thrown out of La Liga. That's a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not. But... Sorry, that he can then go free transfer to somewhere else. Exactly. He can leave of his own volition. He's not tied into a contract. Um, so Interesting. Yeah, Catalonia's a big one. The other big one then is Italy. And they're having an election in March, on the 4th of March specifically. And the most popular party there are called Movement Five Stars or Cinque Stelle in Italian. And basically in Italy, you have to form a, a coalition to win. No party's going to get enough to form a majority. But the polling suggests that basically an alliance of right-wing parties will probably win. Um... But what's interesting is, of the parties in Italy, around three of them favour, not necessarily leaving the Eurozone, but basically having maybe a parallel currency or tinkering with Italy's membership of the Eurozone. And those parties, 60% of Italian voters support those parties. So it's, if that happens, right, in March, if we've, if we have a situation where two Italian parties come to power. Like Berlusconi's been talking about this. The vampire. I think we said actually before, like one or two years ago, that finally his career is over. His career is never over. You cannot kill him. Until he's dead, he'll still be influencing things in Italy and he's still doing it. And he was, t he was talking about a parallel currency. Uh, so if that happens, Italy, you know, is the third biggest economy in the Eurozone and also when Britain leaves in, in the European Union. Uh, so that's going to be a huge potential splitting point um, on the agenda for, for, for the Eurozone. Just when things are starting to get better, you know, the Eurozone is growing at its best rate and in, in years and, and everything seems better. 
but there's always problem on the horizons. Problem and uh, when you say split current or parallel currency, do you mean that having two currencies in the one country, or do you mean just uh, the yeah. revert, just leaving the euro altogether? Yeah, it's going to be very difficult to see how it'll work. But yes, they want to set up like a parallel, like Italian lira currency, which for obvious reasons just won't work because people won't know which currency to believe in, which currency to get paid in, which currency to put in the bank. It's crazy. It's not going to work. Okay. That, that's why people are so worried about it, because if they actually go and take steps to do this, trust in the euro will be completely undermined. And when you have the third biggest country doing that, no, it's not. It's impossible. It's not going to work. And uh, staying in, uh, staying in the Mediterranean. Anything going on down in Greece there? Yes. Well, Greece, for the first time, the economy is growing, and their bond yields are like at levels seen two thousand or two thousand and seven, prior to the eurozone crisis. Okay, what do you mean bond yields? Sorry. So, so the money, the, the interest rate they pay on their debt so mm -hmm. they, they issue 10-year bonds so you i will give you uh five billion worth of 10-year bonds and i will pay you if i'm greece and you're buying them i'll pay you four percent interest every year and after the five after the 10 years i give you back your principal now greece was seen as so risky up until two years ago that the interest rate was like 30 percent, which was crazy good money if you took the risk but you were, you were, a lot of people were worried that they would just default and you wouldn't get you lose that your money. Okay. Money. Yeah. So now it's, the, it's down to like 3 4%, like really, really crazy low. So for the first time since 2011, they completed one of their reviews on time. We, we've forgotten nearly in Ireland what it's like to be under the Troika. You had a series of reviews. This is the third review on their third bailout program. Luckily for us, we had only one bailout. They, they're on their third. And you had, we had four reviews there onto there in total ninth, but none of them were completed on time. But for the first time this year or last year, late last year, they completed a, at least the in theory on time, they need to pass some more laws. And then in late January, later this month, they would have completed one on time for the first time since the whole stuff, the whole thing began. So it's, uh, and what's enabling them to do that? Basically, they've just, so what the government has done, it's a good question, actually, because if Greece had been, and this is, this is an unpopular thing to say, but if they had just done what they were told from the start, if they, like we did, and I know you have a lot of people saying, oh, we bent over backwards for those bastards. We've <laughs> mortgaged our children's futures. Our children's future, our children owe a billion. But like, if, if they had just sucked it up and, 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 implemented what was agreed with the people that were lending them money they would have been out of this thing years ago like we were but they didn't do that they just they, they half-assed did it all so they had to go back Marcus didn't believe that they were fit to stand on their own two feet and they went into bailout after bailout so what happened was after the last time the government were like even though they're like left of Sinn Féin they're hard left they're like okay we're just going to suck it up. We're going to do what we're told. And next summer, summer 2018, we're going to leave the bailout for once and for all. And then we can fuck up the country on our own because we won't be <laughs> the oversight of, of, of the Troika. And will they, so, they're still in, still use the European, Euro, do they? They do, just about. Yeah, they do. 
They probably shouldn't. I think at this stage, had they left in 2000, because remember they, they lied like, and they had actually Goldman Sachs helped them lie and cook the books to get into the Euro. They never should have been allowed in because they, they were running such massive deficits. They were borrowing so heavily to finance social welfare and pensions and so on that they never fulfilled any of the conditions to join the Euro. But um, <clears throat> they were helped lie to get in. And, and once they were in, people felt they couldn't be kicked out, apart from the Germans, but they, they were kind of overruled. So yeah, they're still in hanging in there for dear life and I think they're I think the fact that they've survived means they're going to stay in for the foreseeable future but it's a great country Greece yeah everyone should go and try and help the poor Greeks out okay and what about our own what about Ireland yeah so we might have a general election and we will have a presidential election election if I understand correctly this year we will have a presidential election but the thing is nobody is keen Presidential elections are very expensive, extremely expensive because you have to, obviously it's it's in every single county, you got to have um, a lot of money spent to, to, to hype up your candidate for what is essentially a ceremonial role. So our, we understand that basically nobody wants to run against Michael D because people like Michael D and... He's been very canny about it. He said before the last election that he'd only do one term. And since then, he's kind of gone quiet on that. And nobody nobody challenges him, really, because he's like the... Safe pair of hands. He's like the safe pair of hands, and he speaks Irish, and he speaks very well. He's, he's an excellent um, orator. And basically, Fine Gael are happy enough because they don't want to spend the kind of money required to challenge him and Fianna Fáil are pretty much the same, you know, and they mm. don't think they'll win. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> funny enough, as, as, a, as a side note from that, um, on the Brexit stuff, when, when Ireland were kind of digging their heels in and saying, we need guarantees for Northern Ireland, uh, Ian Duncan Smith, who used to be the leader of the Conservative Party, was on... Uh, I think Andrew Marr, one of these programs on BBC, and he said the Irish are just posturing, or Fine Gael are just posturing, because they have an election this year. And the woman goes, the presenter goes, uh, no, no, that's not happening now. He goes, oh, they have a presidential election, which kind of just emphasised how little they were looking at Irish politics, because they they wouldn't, they basically didn't realise it's a ceremonial role that isn't that much people don't care about it that much so it was kind of a real demonstration for for people in ireland that the british really didn't have a clue those mm-hmm. uh, uh brought it home for us all but uh that's that's neither here nor there so that yeah that's the presidential election and actually sorry do you remember i'm sorry just i saw one headline before christmas do you remember the last presidential election we had um sean gallagher was the front runner for until the live debate yes Exactly. I see RTE settled. So essentially what happened there was, if people remember, I think um, he was in the middle of a debate with Martin McGuinness at the time, who was also running for president. Mm-hmm. And uh, a tweet was read out by Pat Kenny where, uh, from some random Twitter account that uh, I don't think really had any um, credibility to it. Uh, so it was just like a fake one that was set up. Um, I tweeted to the to the live um to the live show saying that 
they had given five thousand euro check to Mr. McGaller Galler or for for um to uh to Sean Gallagher for I don't know what it was. I think it was maybe some sort of dodgy dealings anyway, but yeah. It was, it was it was envelope was mentioned. Yeah, so it was completely fake. And anyway, RT settled with him a substantial amount. I don't know what it was, but apparently, it was substantial damages were paid to him just before Christmas there. But he was actually finished behind Mike, Michael D Higgins after that. Uh, yeah. After that whole thing happened, he seemed to be a bit of a favorite for the job. He um, was hundred percent. He was. He, he looked like for all the for all the money he was was behind him. Everyone thought he was going to win. And that that that's screwed up. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, is there any other murmurs of anyone outside of the traditional political parties that would run for president if it, if it did come up? Has there been any talk of that? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. You know, you know who's been rumored uh, to go is Joe Brawley, the uh, oh yeah, the football commentator from Derry who. He's quite a he's, a he's a clever enough chap, and what he's doing actually, he's doing a lot of GAA events all over the country. Mm. Uh, he turns up in Boyle County, Roscommon. He turns up in Kerry. He doesn't charge. <laughs> he just has a couple of pints. He asks for a couple of pints, so he doesn't charge. People love him, and uh, there's a there's a strong rumor that he's gonna that he's interested and he's gonna go for it. Did he? If he does, if he does I, I, I'd i say he'll run him close. I'd say he'll be there, thereabouts. And did he say that if he does get it, he won't take the president's salary? Did I hear that correctly? Did he? I don't know, yeah. Maybe that's quite bullshit. Exactly, no, but it's exactly the type of populist thing he'd say. He'd do anything to get yeah. uh, to get elected. He's a bit of a wild man, to be honest with you. Probably. Yeah, I've heard him speak out um, about the whole Colin Cooper uh, kind of uh, what's a testimonial dinner where he was yeah. getting fun, and yeah. I and I think he was talking. I think that's where I heard about him going around and doing all of these events, and he never takes any money for any of the um, GA related events because it's not in the spirit of the GA. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I'm, I don't necessarily disagree with him there on Cooper doing a testimonial and then taking all the money. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. I. 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 I don't think it is. As part of the the GAA philosophy, well, not that I'm an expert on that, but um, yeah. anyway, we digress on that. But general gen, general election, uh, likely unlikely. Yeah. So my own view is that it's unlikely, but it's always something that you don't expect, which will trip the whole thing up. So, like in the history of Irish politics, there's always been some weird thing, which nearly happened with the Garda commissioner and the emails and Francis Fitzgerald. It nearly happened that th- that caused an election. The thing about it is that Fianna Fáil are the ones to decide, but Varadkar has, has done very well in terms of mobilising support for him, and he's got a new communications unit, very expensive. Against that, you got like Michal Martin, who, if he doesn't, his backbenchers are getting a bit restless, if he doesn't pull the trigger on an election... He could go down in history as the only leader of Fianna Fáil that doesn't become Taoiseach, which would be uh, the egos of politicians. Would be very hard for him to take, I'm sure. So, there's a, all all things being equal, it may not happen, but there's always a chance of a slip up, which which means it will. Um, I don't think it will, unless Varadkar gets himself into trouble and the polls start to tighten up. And then Fianna Fáil feel confident enough to do it. Um, 
but that's it's a flip of a coin. It's a flip of a coin. Most people would disagree with me. Most, I think, uh, political analysts, writers, uh, journalists think one will happen in 2018. Cool. And uh, just before we finish up, we're going to talk about uh, a relatively regular Donkey Votes contributor, Mr. Yep. Ross, Ross Barry Granger. Ross Barry. So, uh, Ross was on a, uh, let's call it a rival show to Donkey Boat <laughs> uh, <laughs> recently, no. Uh, what's what's the name of it? LB... L- LBC. Uh, what is LBC? Leading Britain's Conversations. The... And why am I seeing more and more of it on my feeds, like, over the last year than I've ever... I'll before? tell you why, Brian. I'll tell you why. Brexit. Brexit. It okay. has... So it has Nigel Farage as a host on the show. Mm-hmm. And also has the anti-Nigel Farage, which is a guy called James O'Brien. Okay, gotcha. And yeah, O'Brien has been virulently anti-Brexit and has been very upset with how British society has gone since it. And he's he's challenging people to explain why they voted Brexit. And um, he certainly... Did that with our friend and correspondent, uh, Ross, Ross Barry Granger. Okay, so there's there's about a four and a half minute clip that's online. We're just going to pay you the last two minutes and then uh, we might just have a quick chat about it, Jimmy. Oh, this, I can't do this anymore. Give me the things that you feel constrained by or the laws that you don't like or the things that you're really looking forward not to have to do anymore, Ross. Well, oh, oh, uh, EU laws that I don't like. Well, why should we begin? No, no, the things that you won't have to do anymore after we've left. I, I apologise if I'm being immature again, but the question seems really easy to understand to me. Well, if, if, we, if we leave and we actually repeal a number of laws, uh, well, there's, there's all sorts of things. Take a small one from the EU landfill directive uh, to the fact... How does that affect you, Ross? How does it affect how, how I put my bins out? Yes, how, how, how will a change to the EU landfill directive affect you? Well, because, because every week we have, to, we have to recycle in a certain way, we have to put food waste... That, that's your, that's your council, that's not the EU that's doing that. All councils have different bin policies. But anyway, let's pretend you're right, Ross. Tell me how your bins are going to be a brave new world after March 2019. Again, you're, you're reducing it to the... No, Ross, I'm taking what you give me, mate. I asked for something, you said bins, and now you're embarrassed that we're talking about bins, but it was you that wanted to talk about bins. Well, it's simply an example of how the EU has extended its control over every... And that's the best you've got, you think? So tell me what you're going to be able to do with your bins after we've left, Ross. Well, it depends what, it depends what the government decides. What do you dream of? Tell me about your bin-based dream. decide whatever it wants yes. because it no longer has to follow an EU directive that was signed, <sighs> that was signed into British law <sighs> by yeah. the relevant minister. Okay, again, I'm, I'm sorry for being immature and simplistic, but just describe your bin-based dream to me. What, what, is, what is the future of bins in Abu Dhabi that makes you sort of glow with patriotic pride? That's not what makes me, that's, that's, again, very mature. What makes me not glow with patriotic pride... What are you looking forward to? I want to join you in this brave new bin-based future. What will I be able to do after leaving that I can't do now with my rubbish? Well, it, again, it depends what the Just government... Just tell me, Ross, please. What do you want the government to do? What is your bin-based Brexit bonanza? What I want is that this government makes its own laws and that it doesn't have to transpose EU directly. Statutory instruments. Yes, I know what you're reading from. But again, last chance. 
Last chance. Bins. What does the future look like? I, I, I don't know because it's what the government decides. Okay. It will decide what it wants. So, there you go. Look, I can't help but laugh at it. Um, I feel bad for Ross that we're actually even playing it because, but uh, from seeing Ross, Ross is not hiding from it. He's uh, no. vehemently coming out and responding to anyone who is commenting on that particular post on Twitter. So um, he's he's gone to war on Twitter. He's, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. But, so go on. Well, I mean, what I I don't what I think he should have done, and what I think would have been reasonable, he should have said, "It's not that." my life will be different or I'll feel better. What I don't like is laws being um, formulated and decided upon in Brussels on behalf of people in Britain. I think if he had said that, that would have been a better approach rather than going into, you know, the colour of your passport or if it's... Yeah, but, but, but the, respo- the response is still going to be, okay, like what laws? What laws are you looking forward to? And unfortunately, what Ross... Anyway, look, it's easy for us to fucking stand idly by here and just uh, comment on what he should have said. Uh, I'm sure I would have tripped up in a very similar situation. But um, he probably should have started big and then started, went down, like, you know... It affects everything from this big thing to even something as small as the landfills. Um, but uh, he started with landfills, so I don't know. It seems like even when you search that guy James O'Brien on on YouTube, it's just video after video of him at, like calling out a Brexiteer. Yeah. Um, but we'd love to get give Ross a second bite of the cherry. Um, yeah. Without James O'Brien, because we probably couldn't get him on the show. <laughs> but anyway, uh, to maybe uh, give his side of the story out of that uh, after that little um, ding dong that they had. Let's do it. Okay, right. But until next time, you know where to find us. Uh, email us donkeyvotes at gmail.com. We're still picking those up on Twitter at donkeyvotes. Uh, Facebook, it's you fancy it um and yeah that's it for this week we should be back in the next next two weeks jim yeah yeah we'll go, we'll go for every two weeks yeah absolutely get us on we're not on snapchat but get us on insta stories <laughs> <laughs> all right perfect right bye see you all right cheers cheers <laughs>